The following recording is from Parramatta Christian Church. We pray that this message inspires you in your walk with Christ. Well, good morning, church. It's great to be with you again uh, and to come around God's Word. Again, I'm really excited to be sharing with you around our vision. Uh, September is always a, a significant time for us as a church as we take stock of uh, where we've come from, where, what God's been doing in our lives as a church, and where God's calling us to go in the, in the new ministry year. And as I mentioned last week, um, our key theme word for this next ministry year that God's put on our heart is the word forward. And so if you missed that uh, last week, I encourage you to go back and listen to that uh, as we unpack uh, really what God is calling us to, to do and, and to focus on for this next ministry year. Uh, if you're visiting with us, uh, we're, we're really glad that you're joining us. If you've uh, become part of our PCC community during COVID and during uh, our online services, um, uh, we're really glad that you're journeying with us. And I hope that these vision series will really help you understand the heart of our church and, and who we believe God is calling us to be. Uh, and at a very core level, that is to be agents of transformation. Our vision is to see our city and the nations transformed by the good news of Jesus. And we believe that the best way to accomplish that vision is for us to be transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because we're convinced that when the gospel transforms us, that we won't be able to help but be agents of transformation. And so our mission is to really be about raising up uh, a community of believers who follow Jesus, uh, follow Christ with their whole heart, uh, that love one another, love His church, uh, and enjoy relationships and community together, and love the church in the world, the church of Jesus Christ throughout the nations. And, and a people that take God's call to mission, to, to advancing His kingdom seriously and, and to find ways and to look for opportunities to serve our city. And so those are, our, our, I guess, our core uh, values, our mission and our vision statement. Um, and last week we looked at Philippians 3 in, in light of this next ministry and we, we were talking about uh, and looking at pressing on, moving forward in God's purpose for us as a church, regardless of our circumstances, regardless of COVID asking ourselves the question of how is God calling us to move forward? And we look from Philippians 3 at Paul's determination to know Christ because Christ is worth knowing above anything and everything else. Uh, and even though church looks very different and feels very different, our passion and our commitment is to know Christ. And we talked about his determination to keep moving forward regardless of what has been, not looking back, longing for something that was, but expecting God to do new things in his life in the next season. And we talked about his willingness to make the effort, to strain, to, 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 uh, uh, to harness all his energy to that effort of reaching forward continually for the prize of the heavenward call of God. And uh, we also talked from Acts chapter 2 about the very heart and character of the church of Jesus Christ in the early days. And we looked at how we can still do all of those things of being the people that God is calling us to be, of being the church that God is calling us to be, even in COVID, except for two things. And they both center around gathering together corporately. And, and this morning, again, as we continue our vision series, 
I want to take our attention back to the book of Acts and again look at another moment in the early church's experience when they were facing incredible challenges and difficulties and see how God's purpose was unfolding for them as they kept moving forward as a church and hopefully glean some things that will help us and encourage us and challenge us in our own journey of being the church of Jesus Christ, being the church that God is calling us to be in this moment of time. So if you have your Bibles, I encourage you to turn to Acts chapter 8, which is where we're going to focus our time this morning. We're going to read the first eight verses. And I want to highlight to you kind of three words that describe the experience of this early church, describe what was happening for these Christians, and, and look at how those relate to and apply to us today. So Acts chapter 8, verses 1 to 8. On that day, a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. Godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. But Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house. He dragged off both men and women and put them in prison. Those who had been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs he performed, they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Let me pray and we'll jump into it. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your, your work through your church. Lord, your, your church is the hope of the nations. It is the hope of the world. We thank you, Lord, that you are still at work in and through your church, even in this strange environment we find ourselves, to see your kingdom come and your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. And I pray that as we come around this passage, that you will stir our hearts, that you will encourage us and inspire us to be the people that you're calling us to be in this moment in time. Lord, I pray you'll help me communicate it faithfully. And Lord, that you would use me, uh, Lord, to, to proclaim your word to us as a church today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So three key words. The first one, disrupted. Disrupted. The, the early church, the, the lives of these early Christians were disrupted. And we're told this uh, in the first three verses of this uh, this. Uh, chapter, uh, a lot of the things that were going on for this church. The first thing we're told is that persecution broke out against the church, verse 1. We're told that everyone except for the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. We're told that godly men buried Stephen and mourned deeply for him. This was a time of grief and sadness as they buried one of their own who was in the previous chapter just martyred. We're told that Saul began to destroy the church, going from house to house and dragging both men and women and putting them in prison. So it was a time of great uncertainty, a time of great anxiety and worry and perhaps even fear, uh, a, a time of great doubt. Uh, so a real time of disruption. Uh, a lot like the disruption that we're going through now. We're feeling scattered. We're feeling isolated. We're feeling anxious. Uh, we're feeling uh, really disempowered in a lot of ways. Um, maybe anxious and worried and concerned about the future with all the uncertainty. We're, we're, we're feeling a lot of the same disruption. And if you're anything like me, we don't like disruption. We don't like uncomfortable. We don't like pain or hardship or challenge. We like comfort. We like 
smooth sailing. And right now, what's happening in our world and even in the church is very, very disrupting. And maybe that's caused a lot of uncertainty for you. But I want to encourage you this morning from this passage and from what I read in the Bible that God often will disrupt His people, disrupt the church in order to advance His purpose. Think for a minute about the story recorded in Genesis, the Tower of Babel. Again, God's command to humanity was to, to populate the earth, to go and to, to multiply and to fill the earth. And yet we find in the early narratives of Genesis that the people, the humanity was still stuck and localized in one place. And, and, and that leads them to build the Tower of Babel. And then God comes and confuses their language. And what happens immediately after that is a scattering. God's word and God's purpose was fulfilled. And then think about Moses. He was in Egypt, in the palace, living a great life, a comfortable life, an affluent life, uh, probably a very influential and powerful life. And then the whole incident with the, the murder that he committed took place. And then he flees for his life, um, experiences disruption to the life that he once knew. Think of the book of Judges. Over and over again, we are told that when God blessed the people, they became comfortable. And when they got comfortable, they forgot God. And so God had to bring an enemy over and over again to disrupt their lives, to cause discomfort and pain and hardship so that they would repent and turn to God and come back to God over and over again. And so we see this pattern in God's dealing with humanity, God's dealing with the church, God dealing with His people, that He will often be at work in disruption to advance His kingdom, to bring about His purpose. I mean, think about what's happening even in our own lives. Um, the challenges that we're facing, uh, the, the norms that we once knew have been disrupted. Everything is upside down. And yet, we, we need to understand that God is like the eagle, uh, as we know. You know, the, the eagle, when they, they, ha have, uh, they lay eggs and they, the eggs hatch and the little chicks are there, the, the chicks get very comfortable and the eagle has to make the nest very, very uncomfortable, stir it up so that those eagles will actually leave the nest and fly away and, and discover new things. A bit like parenting, actually. And if, you know, people will tell you that if you don't make your home uncomfortable for your adult children, they'll just stick around forever and ever because it's very, very comfortable. But when things get uncomfortable and they get frustrated because they can't have what they want and they can't have the freedoms they want and they can't come and go as they want and they can't do as they want, it gets uncomfortable and it forces them to consider leaving. And so we're told in this passage that, that the disciples were scattered. And, and that's significant because these disciples knew from Matthew 28 that Jesus' purpose for them was always to go into all the nations, to go and make disciples of all nations. In fact, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, Jesus reminded them that the Holy Spirit would come and empower them so that they could be witnesses to the nations, to Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And yet we find even as close as Acts chapter 6 verse 7, that these disciples were still gathering together in Jerusalem. They were comfortable. They were enjoying fruitful ministry. Yes, there was persecution, but it was isolated to the apostles. Yes, there were internal conflicts within the church. But generally, Life was good. Life was comfortable. And they were seeing great effective ministry. Many thousands of people were coming to faith. God was doing miracles and good things were happening in the life of the church. But they had not fulfilled the call of God, the purpose of God to move forward in His plan for the gospel to go to the nations. And so we see here that God is at work in the persecution, in the grief, 
and is scattering the church so that they would move forward in the purposes of God. And I want to suggest to you, church, maybe we need to ask ourselves different questions in this period of disruption that we're going through. Ask ourselves questions like, what is God doing in my life in this time of disruption? What is God wanting to teach me? What is God wanting to show me about Himself, about myself, in the disruptions and the discomfort that I'm experiencing? What is God wanting to do in my life to move me out of the comfort zone? Have I gotten comfortable and complacent in my spiritual life? So much so that God is wanting to agitate and stir and and make me uncomfortable so that I will experience new things in God. Because that's the first thing we see here. They were disrupted. The second word I want us to think about is this word proclaiming. They were not just a disrupted community, but they were a proclaiming community. And we see this in verses 4 to 7. We're told that those who had been scattered. So for a start, something about the disruption changed a very essential part of how they were the church before. They were regularly gathering. We're told, uh, we, we looked at last week in Acts chapter 2, in, from house to house, they were gathering regularly in the temple courts. But now they're a scattered community. Uh, they, they, we're told that they went from... No Notice, they went from, they were scattered wherever they went. And we were told already that they went to Judea and Samaria, which Acts 1.8 tells us was where God wanted them to go, from Jerusalem to Judea to Samaria to the ends of the earth. And so they are a scattered people, and they were preaching the word wherever they went. They were now a proclaiming community wherever they went. And we're told in verse 5 that Philip went down to a city in Samaria. So two things about that. Philip, this is not the apostle Philip, because we're told earlier that everyone except for the apostle, were scattered. This is Philip from Acts chapter 6, who was previously waiting on tables. So we see God using ordinary people, ordinary, in extraordinary ways. Philip, who was waiting on tables, is now being used by God to proclaim the gospel in Samaria in powerful ways, performing signs and wonders and casting out demons and seeing people healed. God using ordinary people in extraordinary ways. And we're told that the gospel has now reached Samaria. So to, the gospel has gone to a new territory. It has gone somewhere where it hadn't gone before through the ministry of the church. God was unfolding the next step of His evangelistic missional plan to take the gospel to the ends of the earth through the proclaiming community that was now scattered because of the disruption. And the Bible tells us that Philip performed signs and and the people of Samaria, they they were listening attentively to Philip. They were paying close attention to the gospel message because he performed signs and and there were uh, evil spirits that were cast out and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. And so again... You know, in Mark chapter 13, Jesus told us that the end will only come when this gospel is preached to the nations. And I want to suggest to you that in this moment, the disruption is causing us to be scattered. And perhaps God is wanting to do the same thing in the church right now. As we move forward from where we've been as a church into a new ministry year, for us to consider how God might be wanting to use you, wanting to use me to proclaim His message, to proclaim the gospel wherever we go wherever we go. And maybe there are new opportunities that God will open up for us. And we're already seeing that as a church, many churches in fact, 
are seeing that because of COVID, they've had to go online. And now most churches have services online, which has made church a lot more accessible to a lot more people from all over the world. Even uh, through PCC, we're finding that people uh, from Indonesia are watching, people in Sri Lanka are watching, uh, people are sending the links to their friends and family that would never be able to come to church physically with us. And yet they're hearing the gospel. They're participating in worship with us. And we are extending our ministry into new territory. We are uh, preaching the gospel to, to people who would never come to our church because of COVID. And I want to suggest to you that maybe there are other opportunities for you individually and for us collectively as a church where we can proclaim, we can be a proclaiming community regardless of the challenges of COVID. And we're seeing even through food care that COVID resulted in us having to change the way we do food care. And we're seeing even greater effectiveness of being able to engage with our customers more meaningfully. Because of COVID, we we were able to distribute a whole bunch of food hampers from from the food bank and, and connect with a whole bunch of new people, uh, overseas students who we've been, we've been able to meet and get to know and encourage them to, to come and shop at Food Care. New opportunities, new mission fields are opening up because of COVID. And, and here's where I want to really challenge you. Maybe you've seen yourself as an ordinary person, and maybe you've seen ministry and this kind of ministry of proclaiming the gospel in power as something for the professionals, for the pastors, and for the leaders. And I want to tell you that maybe it's time for you, for us as a church, to move forward in our thinking, to change our perspective, to grow in our understanding of what God wants to do through you and through me in this moment. And that is to be a proclaiming community, for ordinary people to lay hold of God and to press into God, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to believe that God wants to use us in natural ways, yes, to care for people and to love people, but also in supernatural ways, that we would believe that God wants to fill us with the Holy Spirit and to do signs and wonders through us as we pray for people, as we proclaim the gospel, that the the, the power of God will be there in that moment to do miracles and to see supernatural things happen through us as God advances His kingdom that we would be a proclaiming community, that we would, in our scattering, see the opportunities that we now have in our neighborhood, in our community, with the new people that we're meeting, to, to, to proclaim the message of God wherever we are in this moment. I, I pray that this, this will stir your heart and challenge you to believe, to press into God, that God wants to use you like He used Philip who used to once wait on tables and now is proclaiming the gospel in a powerful way and seeing God work miraculously through him. And God wants to, I believe, move through each and every one of us this way as we move forward as a church together. That we would be, yes, a disrupted community, but because of that, that we would be a gospel-proclaiming community wherever we are. The third and final thing I want to share with you, which in some ways for me has been the most challenging and encouraging truth, is that what is found in verse 8. There was great joy in the city. There was great joy in the city. They were a transforming community. They were a transforming community. Uh, We're told that, yes, they, they were disrupted and they were experiencing persecution. They were experiencing grief and anxiety and probably a whole bunch of things that we're experiencing. And that God was using them as they went, wherever they went, to proclaim the gospel in great power. And it resulted in transformation. It resulted in change. It brought joy 
into this city. And I want to encourage us as a church, brothers and sisters, let's be committed to seeing transformation. Let's be committed to seeing God use us to bring joy into our city, into our neighborhood, into our community, wherever God has us. You see, the reason this is so challenging is that it's a moment of choice for us right now. Because of all the disruption that we're going through and all that we're facing, we can, we can make one choice of being just complaining. We can be a complaining community that is complaining about all the things we can't do, all the things that are different, all the frustrations, all the inconvenience, all the challenges, all the hardships. We can complain about the disruption. The other choice we can make is that we can get comfortable. We can get comfortable with the new reality. Lots of people I'm talking to are saying how much now they're enjoying working from home and how it's given them a lot more time and how they're a lot more relaxed. Some people are actually preferring online church and online connect group. Um, people feel a lot more comfortable to, to share uh, more deeply when it's online via Zoom rather than face-to-face. It's, it's, there's a danger there that we can get comfortable with the new reality and the new norm that we find ourselves in. But those are the only two choices. The third choice that I believe this passage challenges us to make is to engage in the call of God, to respond to the call of God to be agents of transformation, to be bringers of joy, to not focus on ourselves, whether it's by complaining or by our comfort and convenience, but to actually see that God's purpose is for us to be agents of change, to be ambassadors for Christ, to be transformers, as it were, to take this gospel message to, to love people and to share with them and to pray for them and to, and to make a practical difference in people's lives, to bring joy to them. You know, all around us are people who are struggling. All around us are people who are discouraged and who are isolated and lonely and are fearful. People are worried. There's so much uncertainty. All around us are people who, who are in desperate need, even financially. And we have incredible, unique opportunities right now to do this, to bring joy into our city, to be people who are salt and light. Like Peter says in 1 Peter 3, that we would be ready always to give uh, a reason for the hope that we have in Jesus, that, that we can be different, that we can point to the eternal security and the hope of heaven and, and the hope of having God with us and in us by His Spirit, empowering us in this moment that others so desperately need. You see, we can focus on ourselves or we can be determined to make a difference in the lives of others. And there's a story told about uh, a lady called Elizabeth. Uh, she struggled for a long time with drug addiction. Uh, and when she reco- recovered, when she kind of went through rehab and recovered, she wanted to help others in return. So she started writing notes and anonymously placing them throughout her city. She tucks these notes under car windshield wipers and tacks them onto poles in the park. And, and she says that she once used to look for signs of hope and now she leaves them for others to find. And one of her notes concluded with these words, much love, hope sent. And I want to encourage us, church, that let's be people who bring hope. 
Let's be people who bring joy. Let's rise up in this moment and lay a hold of the opportunities that we have, the new opportunities we might have, uh, and believe that God wants to use us individually, that God is at work. Last week I said that COVID doesn't stop God's work in our own lives. This week, I want to encourage you and challenge you with this thought that God's work in the world is not limited by COVID. And maybe the disruption is part of God's plan to get us out of our comfort zones, out of the nest, to become a proclaiming community that takes the gospel and the power of the gospel, the life-transforming power of Jesus Christ with us wherever we go and bring hope and transformation and joy because of God's work in people's lives. And so I want to encourage you, PCC, as we step into a new ministry year, as we lay a hold of God's call to be His church, don't let COVID interfere. Don't let the disruption and the discomfort or the comfort and convenience of our new reality make us fall into the same trap that these early disciples did. That they were gathered together and loving life and seeing God working and moving through them and and they were loving doing church they were loving enjoying being together as the church and yet God's purpose for them was to move forward was to take the gospel to the nations and so I encourage you let's guard our hearts to getting settled and getting comfortable even in a new reality and let's keep moving forward in the purposes purposes of God let's keep letting the disruption that we're experiencing stir our hearts to keep moving us forward and outward and be proclaiming people who make a difference in our world Will you join me in that mission? Will you join me in this next ministry year of moving forward in God's purposes for us as a church to make Jesus known and to be bringers of joy? I hope so. Why don't you take a moment to bow your head, close your eyes, and and then I'll pray for us together. Father, this morning we thank you that you're not limited by COVID. You're not limited in your work in our own lives. And you're certainly not limited in your kingdom work in the world. And Lord, I thank you for the lessons of the early church, for what they experienced and what they did and what they learned that give us an example and a model of of what maybe, Lord, you're wanting to do in our moment, in our time as the church. I thank you, Lord, for your challenge to us and your call to us to move forward. And I pray, Lord, that we would rise up, that we would not be a complaining community, that we would not be a complacent or a comfortable community, but, Lord, that we would leverage this this disruption, the feelings of, Lord, things being out of whack and out of norm. And, Lord, that we would not settle into a new norm of just comfort and convenience again. But Lord, that you'll keep stirring our heart and agitating us to keep moving forward as your people, as the church of Jesus Christ, to keep embracing your call to proclaim this gospel wherever we are. Lord, to believe that you want to use us, ordinary people, in extraordinary ways 
to make Jesus known to others, that we might be salt and light, that people might see our good deeds, our opportunities to care for people, to love them, to meet practical needs, to pray and see supernatural breakthrough in people's lives, that we would bring joy, that we would bring, uh, bring the gospel that would bring joy, that we would be agents of transformation and change, that we would be bringers of hope and bringers of love and bringers of life into our community because we are bringing Jesus. Lord, we pray that you'll help us, that you'll fill us with your Holy Spirit, that you'll empower us, that you'll continue to stir us in your spirit, that we would keep moving forward in your purposes in this new ministry year, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Parramatta Christian Church podcast. To hear other sermons or to find out more about our church, please visit our website at pcc.org.au.